Welcome back for another edition of the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast. I'm Cameron Jordan. I'm here today with Nick Sardis and James D. Jackson. Guys, how's it going this uh, Thursday afternoon? Going, going good. good. It's uh, I don't know about you guys. I'm a, I would much rather be hot than cold, but I'm enjoying this cooler weather. The rain, I'm fine without the rain, but this cooler weather, I, I'm finally glad it's cooled off a little bit and it's going to feel fantastic really tonight and tomorrow at games across the state. Like I said, I don't know about you guys. I like the cooler weather. Ah, <laughs> real warm guy myself. <laughs> well, at least it's, I'm, I'm not a fan of like the 30 degree and the wind blowing out of the North at 50 miles an hour and you can't even breathe into it, but I, I don't mind this 50, 55, 60 degrees. I think that's always pretty good weather. Okay. Especially with how much, especially with how much cramping I've seen these first two weeks, I think everybody else is going to like that too. I don't know about you guys, but these it's it's been a little rough when, as far as cramping and the injuries have gone recently. So, uh, but no, uh, it's it's week two now. Um, we're full on going to football season. I mean, and when you think about it too, we're almost in the middle of September. We're about a month out from from softball, cross country, and volleyball state championships. It's it's crazy to think, but. We're only four or five weeks out from those coming. Um, I mean, season just moving right along. Uh, even with the coronavirus, it's, it's still a thing. It's still there. Um, we're up to 18 cancellations this week. Um, uh, there's been a few teams who have rescheduled, uh, and that's about the same number it was last week. I think we ended at 21 games that had to be canceled last week. And so unless we have a couple of last-minute games that are canceled, that's going to be our, our list. But, but kind, of, kind of recapping those games that we were at last week, I mean um, – I think we each saw some some pretty good games and some pretty good performances. But what what kind of stood out to you guys most about about your week one games that you covered? Go ahead, James. Well, so I uh, went to uh, Deer Creek and Southmore first on Thursday Thursday night game. Uh, really good game. Actually, came down to the, the final play. Uh, Southmore tried to run all the way back in the fourth quarter, uh, but Deer Creek held on. Had good play from Logan Ward, their punter and tight end who was just who does everything for them apparently uh and brett pence their quarterback he looks really good i mean just a, a new guy for them and he looks really good in the pocket he really is he's able to you know go through his reads and make the, the best decision and uh, throw the ball down the field and that's something they were lacking last year so they, they really they really liked his performance uh then on friday obviously i went to uh, the alma mater carl albert uh just saw two great running backs two great running backs that are Probably one of some of the best in the state, Kentrell Bazell and Javion Hunt, and they they really carried the carried Carl Albert through that one and uh, over a tough Midwest City team. That Midwest City's that they they got some they they're they're probably a sleeper. They're 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 pretty good. They got a lot of spectacular offensive plays that that <laughs> that very surprised me that they actually pulled it off on Carl Albert. There was a double pass at one point that put them like inside their own red zone. I was like, this is these guys are pretty good. So uh, a lot of good stuff I saw last week. Uh, first game I was at was uh, El Reno at Piedmont, which was a rematch of a uh, first-round playoff game last year. And, um, you know, El Reno was without their star quarterback, uh, Dorian Plumley. He was out with a foot injury. But, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a competitive game for about three quarters. But then that fourth quarter, uh, Piedmont really pulled away. They ended up winning 31-7. to uh, One player who really stood out to me was Caden Hendren. Um, terrific game for him, wide receiver for Piedmont. He, uh, so Piedmont, they run the flex bone, and they completed two passes. And the two passes were both to Hendren, and they were both touchdowns. So that kind of tells you a little <laughs> bit about, about that game. And, uh, yeah, Hendren, he's getting some D1 looks, and he'll, he's definitely a D1 guy. So 
Um, that's what stood out with that game. Uh, Saturday, I covered uh, Mustang at UConn. And a uh, back-and-forth game. And, um, you know, Mustang, they ended up kind of pulling away. They ended up winning 35-21. One player from that game that stood out was uh, Dominique Dunn. And uh, he's, he's a tight end. They kind of had like this belldozer package type thing. And he ended up running for four touchdowns. So um, those were kind of the things that stood out for me. All right. So I got to ask this because I saw our photographer, Sarah Phipps, got a photo of this. And she usually does when she shoots UConn, UConn's games. But UConn's tunnel, the Miller Man, that's arguably the best tunnel of, of ones in the city. I know Westmore's oh, yeah. Jaguar is really impressive. But the Miller Man, every time I see it, it's like, all right, that's awesome. Like the thing is, yeah, just and you know, they had they had limited fans, so I think it was a little under three thousand. Whereas usually, like it's close to two thousand. But um, it was it was a great atmosphere. It really was, and it was my first time at Yukon uh, Stadium, and it's just, I mean, it's phenomenal. So it's it's big time. Um, so Thursday night, I was uh, I was at uh, Heritage Hall at Millwood, and that game was about what I thought it was going to be. Um, a little rough offensively for both teams, but defensively this is going to be one of heritage hall's best teams it's ever had even with the great tradition that, it, that the chargers have and and you know they they gave up a really late touchdown but otherwise we're going for a shutout and a 20 to 6 win and i thought that they looked really strong defensively and that's something that i think is going to continue throughout the year and then on friday i went up and saw Edmund santa fe play at stillwater and if you've followed football the last few years you know the name Quantrell walker uh he's stillwater's running back he's finally a senior uh seems like he's been around forever kind of like perry ellis at kansas the the old basketball player who seemed like he would never leave. Um, that's been Quantrill Walker. He's just been around running over people, running past people. Uh, he had 29 carries for 243 yards and five touchdowns. And his 30th carry was a 70-yard touchdown that was called back because of a really, really, really bad block in the back penalty, like 20 yards behind the play that had no business happening, but it did. Um, I mean, Quantrill just goes out week, and week, week in and week out. And, and I know, like James mentioned, Carl Albert has, two, has the best running back tandem in the state but Stillwater has the best running back in the state. Um, it's going to be hard, to, hard for me to argue against that. Um, he's only 51 yards away. Stillwater plays at Mustang on Friday. Uh, he's only 51 yards away from surpassing 6,000 career rushing yards. He'd become the 19th player in state history to do that. So um, that's pretty stinking impressive. I think we'd all agree with that. Uh, that's, I mean, 6,000 yards, that's hard to do in a video game over a four-year career, but let alone it's happening in real life. And with, with hopefully a full season left and playoffs, it's not going to be surprising to see him sniff that 7,000-yard mark and, and possibly beyond that. So uh, that's what really stood out to me. Um, guys, we had some big news this week. The OSSA board meeting, uh, they met Wednesday, and they, signed, they approved and signed a three-year contract with uh, the University of Central Oklahoma to host all of its 11-man football state championship games at Wantland Stadium for the next three years. Um, they had a one-year test run last year. Um, I, know, I know that Nick and I were at most of the games. Um, and it, it was, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really good that fans had a place that if they wanted to go and watch all the games, they could. Um, obviously, from us, as, from a media perspective, it was good because we got to watch all the games instead of just having to pick one or two every day. Um, but even the coaches and the fans, they loved it. The atmosphere was great. Crowds were really good. Um, I know that there were a couple of complaints about the 8 p.m. game on Saturday, uh, which was the 6A1 game last year between Owasso and Jinx. But um, especially just because those fans were kind of coming down a little bit later, there was some complaints about that. But well, what do you guys think about this? I mean, it's a three-year deal, so it's obviously they're showing some commitment to UCO. Um, what do you guys think about this, being able to have all of the 11-man championships at one site the next three years? I love it. I mean, I, I love it. Uh, last year, 
uh, like you said, we covered those games. And, I mean, it's just a really special atmosphere. Uh, I compare it to the big house with basketball. It's it's just cool to have it in that one place. UCO, when it comes to Division II, uh, you're not going to find many programs that have better facilities than UCO. Uh, great stadium, great facilities. And, really, I didn't, I didn't hear many complaints complaints from anybody um i didn't have any complaints i thought it was i thought it was really cool and i'm looking forward to it so yeah definitely i I went to uco and kind of talked to chris brank their assistant athletic director uh throughout that time of you know i kind of stopped in myself just looking through it looking through games and didn't really have anything to cover but just wanted to look around and see how everything was just you know how having that sort of event in my my school at the time he said it was it's just great to have one central place for all this stuff is even for the kids, they get to have college scouts come out and just sit there all day and actually see all the guys that are competing at the highest level with that, you know, in the state. So from that aspect, it's, it's very beneficial for the students and, and the players uh, to get exposure they might not have already. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think, like you said, college has been able to come and just sit all day and watch, and watch, and watch players. Um, and obviously UCO that you benefit because they get to sit at home and recruit. They get to sit at your home stadium and recruit. And I know – a bunch of big time players from games last year ended up signing with UCO. Um, and, and obviously, so that proved beneficial. Another thing too, and, and I think you both may have seen this a little bit because you mentioned Chris Brannick. I thought UCO staff from the video boards to how they handle teams in the locker room to how they handled us as media and, and just the fans and everything. I thought they did a fantastic job. Um, I thought everything was ran really well being kind of the first year that they'd done this at UCO. And so I, again, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, it's, it's obviously nice being able to go, go post up at a, at a place one day and just watch three, three football games, two football games a day before. Um, and, and it's a really good deal. It, it's help, I think it's good for everybody. And I, I think that's a good deal for the state overall. Um, kind of looking at week two, we're marching right along. We're, we're halfway done with non-district play. It's, it's kind of crazy to think that just with how weird everything has been since practice started back up, but only two weeks left until we start district play. Most teams start district play across the state, I should say. Um, we're up to 18 cancellations this week. So a little less than last week total. Um, and hopefully that number knock on wood can stay put. Um, but I, th- I this week there's a bunch of good slates of games and I, th- and one that we just talked about 20 minutes ago before we started podcasting and, and it just got announced about an hour ago was Vianne, the number one team in class two a is actually going to come to Oklahoma city and play uh, John Marshall on Friday. And, and James, that's where you're going to be. What do you, what are you looking for to most kind of about this game? Like I said, no, it's, pretty new on the schedule, but two teams like this getting to face off is something that wouldn't happen in a normal year. It's fair to say. Yeah, definitely. And I, obviously I, I didn't know about this matchup until, you know, 15 minutes before we got on here, but you know, uh, Solomon Wright and John, uh, Bryce Stevens, the two guys that I wrote about for super 30 are going to be playing this game. And that's really exciting to see two, two high caliber players like that going against each other, uh, especially on the other, they're on the other side of the ball from each other, not, not necessarily going against each other, you know, cornerback wide receiver situation, but just having them going against each other and I can watch them both at the same time on the field, I think it'll be very exciting. And uh, obviously those programs are, you know, pretty good this year. Vianne is, you know, typically one of the top in the state. And it's, it's just – it'll just be a fun matchup, I believe. I just 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 go looking at it and looking at, you know, the rosters that I see now, it's, it's going to be a great game, I feel like. Now, Nick, I know you covered Vianne in a scrimmage at Heritage Hall that first week. And, and even this week, you actually wrote about John Marshall's offense and just how many weapons they have, and, and especially their two running backs. How do you think Solomon Wright on the defensive line for Vianne is going to be able to, to kind of handle that speed that, that John Marshall has? Because it's easy to say he has the size and strength advantage, but how is he going to be able to keep up with that speed? 
Well, um, I mean, just as a team, Vian's defense is really good. You know, it's it's not just Solomon Wright. Um, yeah. They, you know, they just they have a really good defense from top to bottom. But uh, yeah, I mean, John Marshall, they just, they got playmakers everywhere. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, they have like three really good tailbacks. Um, Bryce Stevens, uh, their quarterback Kane Donovan, he's he's terrific. So, I mean, just seeing uh, that John Marshall offense go against that Vian defense, uh, it's it's going to be definitely one of the one of the best games in the state this week. And and you mentioned the defense. I mean, they also have Javen Wright, who's their quarterback. He plays some defense back yeah. for them. And and Zaven Lackey actually is a junior linebacker, and he got an offer from Iowa State yesterday. So that's another guy who who to watch for down the road, possibly a Super 30 guy on our list next year, and and another guy who apparently is going to blow up. I, I just found out about him yesterday. Um, and and obviously that's a good thing. And he's getting offered by Iowa State, so it's definitely someone to watch. Um, I'm uh, Nick. You're going to be you're going to be headed out to Jones um, for Luther at Jones, and you know. Both teams coming off really successful seasons last year. Um, Luther lost its opener against Prague this year, and Jones is two and or is one and zero to start. Uh, had to postpone its week one game to next week against Tulsa Lincoln Christian. But um, what are you looking forward to most in that matchup? I'm ready to see Carson May. I haven't I haven't seen him yet. Jones quarterback junior. He's he's getting D one looks, and I mean six five, uh, and uh, just just heard great things about him. So that's that's probably the, uh, him and Elijah Reed. Uh, slot slot wide receiver for for Jones. Uh, just seeing seeing those two guys. That's that's probably going to be the thing I'm looking forward to most. You know, I, the one game I saw Carson play last year was in the pouring rain. It was like week seven or eight, and it poured rain. It was on a Thursday night, and he still threw for like 200 yards on like 10 or 12 completions. Yeah. Uh, he he's really talented. Like you said, Elijah Reed is one of his biggest weapons, and 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 that's that's going to be a really fun game. I, I'm going to be at. Carl Albert at Dell City. Uh, before the game, they're actually rededicating the stadium to Robert Kalsu. Um, it, it's going to be a really cool ceremony. Um, actually, Barry Trammell is going to be out there, and he's going to write a piece for Sunday's Oklahoman about that, so make sure you stay tuned about that. Um, I, I think that this game is going to be a matchup of how well Carl Albert's two running backs, Kentrell Bizell and Javion Hunt, can handle Dell City's defense with their really talented linebackers, Rajon Tatum and Donovan Stevens. I mean, Del City has six kids on its defense who had Division I offers. So I think it's going to be a, a matchup of how those really two facets match up in, just in the game. Um, James, I mean, you already mentioned Carl Albert's running backs. I mean, do you think that this is a game that they're going to have to kind of see what Del City's defense kind of gives to them? Or is Carl Albert's offense just going to try to dictate the pace from right, right, right at the get-go? Yeah, I definitely see this as a matchup where both teams can kind of see where they are in terms of you know, how they're going to be in the playoffs this year. Just two high-caliber teams. And with the defense like Dale City has and the offense Carl Albert has, it's a really a clash of, you know, those those uh, major major uh, titans. I don't want to say titans because of Carl Albert, but that, that <laughs> the situation is, is really a, a meaningful situation for them. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I think this is going to be a, a really good point for them to see where they are in terms of being uh, uh, one of the top teams in the state uh, and just to see, see what happens. I'm really looking forward to that one. Like I said, I think, I think that uh, it's going to be a, a fun game. And, and like you said, I'm really excited to see the, the running back tandem for Carl Albert because I, I obviously saw him last year, but after another year of growing, I think it's going to be really interesting to see them. Um, before we make a couple of picks, I wanted to we, – we put a poll out for Twitter questions, and we're always – if you guys have questions, tweet them at us during the week. Um, if we'll, we love to answer questions on the podcast. We, have, we, we got one question this week. 
It was about who, who do we think is headed to the postseason in 5A District 1. And the, and the eight teams in District 1 are Altus, Ardmore, Capitol Hill, Duncan, El Reno, MacArthur, or El Reno, Lot, MacArthur, Noble, and Southeast. Last year, this is the district that Noble won. Uh, Noble won its first district title since 2003. Um, what, do, what do you guys think, kind of when you rattle off those teams, what first comes to your head when you think about that district? Who's going to make the playoffs? I'd say either Noble or El Reno. Uh, El Reno, I feel like for me, it's just going to be on, um, you know, when are they going to get Dorian Plumley back? That's that's the biggest thing for them. If they get him back, I'd say they're probably the favorites. But Noble's got a good team too, so I, I'd say it's those two teams. I'm going to back Nate and go with El Reno too. Yes, pretty good points from him. There's a couple of teams I haven't seen yet, so I mean, obviously can't give a, a fair projection. But you know, El Reno I've heard about, uh, Noble I've heard about. Just but I think I'll go with Nick's, Nick's prediction here and just stick with Arena for now. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys and it, for the exact same reasons. If Dorian Plumley is healthy, and if he can get healthy, I think that, they could, that, they, that they're going to win that district and, and be able to get in. But um, if, if he's banged up throughout the year and, and isn't able to recover from that early injury when he got his foot stepped on and his foot was in a boot last week, I think you said, right, Nick? Yes. If, if, if that's something that lingers throughout the season, then I think that, to me, the second team is Ardmore. Uh, they made it to the 5A final two years ago in 2018, falling to Carl Albert. Uh, they had a really young team last year, Coach Josh Newby. Um, they, run the, they run the same offense as uh, Piedmont, the flexbone triple option. Um, but they, just, they control the clock, and they don't win games huge. They just control the clock and play really solid defense. But all their young players have experienced this year. They're going to be a better team now. They're actually one of the few teams across the state this week that is in COVID trouble. And they had to cancel this week's game and will have to cancel next week's game as well. Um, so it'll kind of be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. But I also think that Lott MacArthur and Noble are the other two teams who will make the playoffs in that district. Um, so since, uh, since this game is so new and we talked about it and, and now we know that uh, we kind of know some of the big names who are going to be in it, let's, let's pick that Vianna John Marshall game. Cause oh, man. I, no, I, I know. I'm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I, I'll lead off, you know. It's so like I'm, I'm thinking about it right now, and it's just flustering me because I really don't know. I feel as if John Marshall being that 4A team with the extra size and, and having a few more kids, that should help. Be a team that's really on the cusp of going to 5A by only a few kids. But then you look at Vianne, just dominant, really good defensively, really good offensively, and, and just so stellar. I mean, ah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to pick Vianne. I, I'm going to pick Vianne. I think it's going to be – I think that there's going to be some scoring, but I also think the defense is going to step up when needed. I'm going to pick Vianne uh, to win this game 27-24. to 24. I'm going to go with John Marshall. I'm not going to give a score. I just <laughs> – it's going to be close, but uh, John Marshall. Yeah, it's going to be really – because it would probably come down to the final position. Uh, ah, it's, it's just tough. Let me go I just, with, I'll go with John Marshall. I'll go with John Marshall. I've seen them. I've seen their offense. I've seen the weapons they have. Uh, Lions kind of just out of nowhere for me right now. So I'm just going with John Marshall, and we'll see what happens. I feel like John Marshall. There's just too many weapons. That's that. That's the deal with me. I just too many weapons. And and this is and this was the key of their championship run three years ago. They they had that many weapons on. I mean, they had they had athletes all over the field who could catch really well, run really well, broccoli really well block really well if I could talk and and that's what they have again this year and and yeah so like you said I'm gonna go by if I'm wrong I'll eat crow on the pod next week but um but no I think that that's gonna be a really interesting I think I think that'll be a really interesting game as well 
All right, one game we haven't discussed at all between number one and number three and 6A1, Owasso and Broken Arrow. I, I got I to gotta ask, who are you picking on that one and why? I'll go Owasso, um, defending champs. And I just – man, that their season-opening victory was, was really impressive for me. So let's, let's go with Owasso. I'm going to have to go first before Nick from now on. He keeps taking my picks. I'm going with Owasso <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah, defending champs, that reason there. I mean, it's just – when you come off of a state championship, you have so much uh, – you have so much hype going into the next season. You, you're confident. You know what it takes to, to you know, beat those top teams. Uh, that it really is an advantage for you. So I'm going to go with Owasso here. Until, they, until they, they're beat, I'm going to stick with them. I, I'm leaning Owasso too, and, I, and I'm kind of – I think they're the state's second best team behind Bixby. I think Bixby is the best team, and then Owasso is yeah. the second best team. I agree with I that. I really yeah. wish those two teams could play. Because Bixby, yeah. or Bixby and Jinx last week was a fantastic game. Jinx got up 14-0. Bixby clawed back and ended up winning 42-35. I feel like it would be something similar if Owasso and, and Bixby got to play. Um, but, yeah, I'm leaning Owasso in this game. Broken Arrows had two really good wins to open the season against Bentonville West on ESPN in week one and then last week against, uh, against Tulsa Union. Um, but I, I'm just I'm, – I'm leaning Owasso this week. I think they're really good on offense, and, and that's going to be the difference. Um, but, no, what else do you guys have? I mean, like I said, we're we excited to have another, have another week to cover games, a little bit cooler weather. What else do you guys have? Down in Washington, Kate, uh, Du Bois, I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. He, he broke the school record for the longest kick, punt, well, kick, uh, 51 yarder. He did a, 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 in an away game. That's pretty pretty cool stuff. He uh, recently got his fifth star. So he's a five star kicker now, according to uh, the Coles Kicking Academy. Uh, so, you know, really good stuff going on down in Washington. And obviously, you guys know of the, uh, the quarterback there. I'll let Cam spoil that news if he wants to bring that out just now. <laughs> oh, I mean, this is something that this is something that uh, I'd kind of been looking at for a couple of weeks, and we saw it what back at the end of August, I think. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't even they didn't even have him. Washington didn't even have the quarterback for the first scrimmage. Um, but it, it is interesting just because of of kind of how sudden I guess this was when it came out. Um, but yeah, so Washington has a new quarterback. I'm just going to lay out his. I'm just going to lay out his resume real quick to start. He's from Connecticut. He's Pat, through his first three seasons, he's won one state title. He was state runner-up last year. And he also was only 15 passing touchdowns and 3,400 yards away from breaking the state's all-time passing touchdown and passing yardage records. Darren Bryden is his name. Uh, he had to sit the first two weeks. He moved from Connecticut to Oklahoma because they're not playing football in Connecticut this fall. And now he's starting – he's QB1 at Washington. And he's committed to Stony Brook. Um, so I'm really, I, I think all of us are really interested to see what he does because not that Washington has never had a good quarterback before, but when you can get someone who's this good and has this much of a repertoire in Connecticut to come down here, that's got to make your team better, right? I mean, there's no way in the world Washington's offense doesn't take another step with him at the, at the helm. Well, Washington has two excellent wide receivers and Luke Hendricks and, um, Kobe Scott, I'd say. They're, uh, they're up there as far as, like, 2A, like some of the best receivers in the state. So now that they have this guy throwing them the ball, that's going to change things, definitely. So, um, you know, we'll probably do something bigger about, about this new QB. Uh, a lot of, lot of interesting things uh, to look at. I mean, why, why move to Washington, Oklahoma, you know? Uh, 
you know, you're from Connecticut. Let's go to Washington, Oklahoma. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing. So we'll probably do something bigger down, down the road, but really looking, they play Lindsay, right? Yes. Lindsay this, this week. week. Yeah. So we'll see. I wonder, I wonder if they, uh, I wonder if they closed his eyes, spun around like three times and had him take a dart and throw it at a mat yeah. and wherever it landed <laughs> the closest place. Yeah. That's the high school he had to go to. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, it's going to come down to maybe a, a maybe there was a relationship between head coach and, and his his father. Uh, maybe that's something that was already there prematurely that we don't know about just yet, and that could have been one of the reasons. Like I said, we got to we got we got to do something bigger down the road. But but yeah, it's just it's really interesting. It really is. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how he plays too because he came from comes from a smaller school. Washington's at two A. He was in the smallest classification in Connecticut. So it'll be really, excuse me, really interesting to see kind of how it pans out. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does here. Um, and he's committed to Stony Brook, right? Yes, Stony Brook. Yeah. Had it like eight or nine, eight or nine different offers, I believe. I can't remember. FCS, I think yeah. FCS offers. That's why I say that because to go to Washington of all places, not not a knock against Washington. It's a great, great little community there, but just you have, you have somebody that's so far away to come to this state and go there. Just some somebody had to know you know, to get in touch. That's what, that's why I'm saying it. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Well, awesome. let me reiterate nothing against Washington. I'm just saying like, yeah. it's, it's just really <laughs> random. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, love Washington. I love, well, but yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, why Washington, Oklahoma, there's 30 States that are closer to you and yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you could have moved to like Alabama or Florida where they're playing football this fall. I, I don't know, but but, yo, that is definitely something to watch out for. Well, well, as always, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Oklahoma's Varsity Podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, make sure if you guys have any questions, you can tweet them at us throughout the week. Uh, obviously getting closer to well, – it's week two now. We're starting the third week of football this year, and we're getting closer and closer to district play. So, um, for Nick and James, I'm Cameron. Thank you guys for listening in, and we'll be back next week.